Welcome to the Social Housing Podcast from Voicecape, the only podcast dedicated to helping social landlords build sustainable tenancies. During this series of podcasts, we'll be speaking to leaders from the social housing sector and beyond, hopefully challenging the status quo a little bit, and also stimulating discussion around how technology can be better utilised to help build sustainable tenancies. I'm your host, John Doyle, the Chief Exec and Founder of VoiceGate. We reviewed everything and we recognised that we could use technology in order to help us do that, you know, to call everybody in a traditional way. Um, we didn't have the capacity to do that. We knew we needed to harness technology to help us hold those conversations with the people that wanted to speak to us or needed to speak to us, really, to understand what the next steps were and how we could help. Welcome to this episode of the Social Housing Podcast. I'm Lewis Murray, and today I'm joined by Paula Jenner and Darren Newton from Citizen. As well as being a valued customer of VoiceScape, Citizen have emphasised the use of proactive engagement with customers, and this is paying dividends in both income collection and supporting tenants. So without further ado, let's get into the episode and welcome Paula and Darren. So just to kick things off, it's worth noting that this isn't our first Citizen podcast collaboration for those that are listening or watching and missed our podcast with the now Director of Communication at Citizen, Steve Hayes. It's well worth going back uh, for a listen to that. But Paula, Darren, would you mind giving us a quick recap slash overview of Citizen, maybe a little bit about the the missions and your roles within the organisation? Yeah, of course. We are an organisation based in the West Midlands. We've got three legacy organisations that over 18 months ago, uh, we collapsed down to form Citizen. Um, mean, meaning that the kind of whole organisation was a little bit more streamlined. We've got housing stock of over 30,000 properties um, spread across a variety of locations, including Coventry, Birmingham, Hereford and Worcester. And that includes um, everything from city centre living, high rise blocks, through to um, more semi-rural and um, rural kind of dwellings. So we've got kind of everything in there, really, from one extreme to the other. So with the lead landlord in the Coventry location um, and then, you know, lesser so in some of the other locations. But yeah, very big organisation in, in the West Midlands. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your role within the organisation? Yeah, so I kind of arrived at Citizen, I've uh, been there over two years now, kind of got a background in um, civil service, local authority and um, certainly housing within the last kind of 10 to 12 years, particularly in income management. So at the point I arrived, it really was about um, bringing three organisations through into one, having one core vision and one clear plan of what we were trying to achieve. So there was a number of number of areas to kind of unpick really and take a fresh look at to try and improve our performance. Great. And, and Darren, also welcome to the podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with Citizen? Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Darren Newton. I'm income manager at Citizen. Uh, I've been here, uh, I think, about 13 years. I've worked at the previous legacy organisation, uh, which was family, uh, as Paula mentioned. I actually manage three separate teams across the group. Uh, I manage a local income team in Birmingham. Uh, we manage about 7,000 uh, tenancies there. Um, but we also have two separate teams, which are central and proactive. They deal with mainly the incoming telephone calls, but also a lot of the admin functions, such as managing new universal credit claims, 
garage accounts, housing benefit, direct debit, sort of the whole remit, really. Great. Well, thank you for that introduction. Um, so one of the areas that we wanted to explore in this podcast was the impact which proactive contact and engagement can have on income collection um, and, and customers in arrears. So where we wanted to start was given the ability uh, nowadays to segment clients to a, a very high degree, do you tailor your engagement according to client demographics? I mean, you know, for instance, does the younger demographic in Coventry provide a greater need for earlier engagement or is that kind of customer segmentation not as useful as a more general approach to customer engagement? Um, yeah, I think it's inter- It's an interesting debate actually because I think the more you know about your customers, um, you know, the more, the, the, the more prepared you are in terms of deciding how you're going to deliver your services. But I think we knew that we needed to be more proactive in terms of our approach um, to income collection, particularly the low level areas, we had um, a big increase in our universal credit numbers, um, particularly in Coventry, which booked the national trend and actually the, the West, you know, was higher. The take up of UC was higher than had previously been seen in the Pathfinder site. So we knew that our low level areas, if you like, that was a growing area and there was a greater demand to service that debt compared to previously where they were kind of sat on housing benefit. So we know we knew we needed to kind of increase our activity we knew we needed to rethink our approach um, but we took the approach that we wanted to talk to everybody we don't just want to talk to a certain chunk of people we want to have that conversation with our customers understand what's um, what's going on because it offers the opportunity to offer them further advice and support rather than tailor our services to a particular segment you know to a particular customer demographic um, you know somebody might not fit into that demographic but they still may be struggling and need some support so we actually offer that support throughout um throughout the kind of the our processes really we reviewed everything and we recognized that we could use technology in order to help us do that you know to call everybody in a traditional way um, we didn't have the capacity to do that we knew we needed to harness technology to help us hold those conversations with the people that wanted to speak to us or needed to speak to us really to understand what the next steps were and how we could help. Yeah and I really want to come back to that um, that use of technology um, around the, the the sort of practical application and the day-to-day implementation of that but but another thing that you've done that, that I thought was quite interesting is that you've recently implemented uh, money advice appointments to meet some of those um, th- those increased levels of universal credit claims you mentioned earlier that that was that was a big impact and, and Coventry really booked the trend on that and saw a, a huge increase compared to, to what the rest of the country was seeing. What were your reasons for for implementing that money advice appointment process? Well, I think it's it's fair to say that um, we looked at the high numbers of universal credit claims that we were getting through, and we took a view that we wanted to make contact with those um, people as early as we possibly could. So we um, we offered support within 24 hours of um, us being notified through the the DWP um, universal credit portal. We again used te- you know technology to kind of help us make contact with those individuals. But the take-up of those calls was really, really positive. So within 24 hours of, of us being notified that there's a, U claim, a UC claim being submitted, um, we then trying to contact those customers to understand what's happening, how are they planning to pay their rent, when, 
um, would they be paying? And is there any other advice and support that we can give them? And the take up of those calls, I think, are around, you know, they, they fluctuate a little bit, but between 60 and 65 percent of those customers want to speak to us and, and hold a conversation about their UC claim. And that contrasts to probably between 20 and 24 percent take up rate for calls when we're trying to speak to people generally around um, low level arrears. So there's a real contrast there where the individuals want to have that conversation. And I think there's a there's a lot of merit in us building that relationship with those customers at that point to try and uncover if they need any additional support. Um, it's far, far harder to kind of then, you know, get your foot in that um, in that door when, you know, they're really struggling, you know, when it's maybe a month further down the line. And I know some landlords are offering that type of support, but perhaps two weeks after or a week after, we think we've booked the trend with with how soon we're kind of having that conversation with those customers. And I, and I think in terms of UC benchmarking, it, it stands up really in terms of where our, our key performance is. You know, at the moment, our universal credit arrears performance is around uh, 4.3%, and that contrasts with 3.5% uh, for general needs arrears performance. So we've really managed to close the, the gap between the differences that some of the landlords um historically we're experiencing between uh, those client groups and, and where we think that the national picture is currently and, and through a pandemic as well you know that that improvement continued um, over the last 18 months um, so it's it's been pretty pretty um, impressive for us in terms of how we've managed to continually improve that performance. Yeah so I suppose um, it, it's not then just a case of it being early engagement it's almost preemptive engagement it's pre-arrears engagement and it, it, it's early doors and it's it, it's a very supportive message and and you're finding that that's having an impact to those tenants as they, as they yeah come absolutely in. it's um i mean because it, it's it's not just a conversation about how are you going to pay your rent obviously that that there's an element of that in there but we want to offer the support at the earliest possible point um, you know, with any benefits um, these days, you know, long gone are the times where you put a backdating request in, you know, and, and, and you know what you have to write on the form in order to get that. That's not the case anymore. So the sooner you can get somebody to make a claim and help them with that, the better, really. So at that point, we have the discussion around method of payment when we give them an overview about what their rent position looks like currently, what they can expect from the universal credit system. And if they need a more uh, focused money advice appointment, um, then there's a referral goes straight through to our money advice team to then pick up direct contact with that customer to kind of help support them in a, in a bit more of a detailed way. So it really is from a from an, from an approach of offering support and help to absolutely everybody, rather than just um, being very focused on perhaps the most vulnerable that we would think, you know, the people that would tick the vulnerability criteria within our client group, we, we offer that service across the board to everybody. And is that a fairly holistic approach to money advice then because it's not you mentioned it's not just about paying your rent but is there also you know money advice about your claim how to how to process that appropriately how to make sure that you're getting the full value of your claim and, and, and do you give any advice around you know other debts and, uh, and and ways of managing your rent account within that we historically we did deliver debt advice we don't um currently we took a decision to step away from that um, debt advice is um, is regulated, but it's also very time consuming and you do need the expertise in that area. And I think um, whilst I know there's challenges on the availability of debt advisors time externally, there are external groups that we feel are more suited to be delivering that advice. 
um, together with the fact that, you know, if, if a customer has got arrears with us, perhaps we're not the best, you know, the best uh, people to actually be delivering that, that advice to the customer, whether we like it or not, there's a bit of a, a, a kind of, you know, a bit of a constrict there. So we offer the money advice appointments. We're, we're kind of, um, our new project at the moment, something we're working on currently is that this month we're launching money advice appointments to all new tenants. So any new tenant um, signing up for a citizen tenancy, we will be offering them um, a money advice appointment. And again, it's taken the same approach. It's not just prejudging customers based on their circumstances. You know, you've got 2.4 children and within a certain age range. So therefore you should be able to manage, you know, your benefit claims yourself. Um, what we're doing is offering that service across the board so that it's integral to the citizen offer rather than it just be to people who we think hit certain client groups. And, and we've had positive feedback about our approach so far. And so we hope that that will strengthen strengthen our approach to proactive support really for customers that come to us you know when they're perhaps not in the perfect situation really around what money they've got available um to them you know and that they've, we've got to promote the fact that in order to sustain tenancies they need to make sure that they pay their rent really um we don't want them to to start off on the wrong foot we want them to start off on the strongest possible foot going in order that they can maintain tenancy really in a roof over their head yeah absolutely now, looking at some of the changes that were implemented to to facilitate those kinds of engagements with customers, you mentioned earlier that you introduced technology to support your income collection process. What has been your approach to to you know to the, some of the low level areas that, that I think Darren you mentioned earlier have been you know part of your remit for the past? Well, I don't want to say all thirteen years, but certainly the the, the recent history. Yeah, definitely the last few years. Yeah, um, one of the key actions that we did, we, which was to introduce Voicecape, which came in with us in December 2019. Uh, and initially that was to look at lower level debt. I think like a lot of organisations, we, 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 we followed a certain path or process and it was letter one, letter two, blah, blah, blah. And we felt that that was an area we really needed to improve on and really push for much more personal and proactive contact. Um, so we so we introduced it um, December 19. We basically upload accounts into the system via our own automated arrears process. So um, we're actually almost in control of the cases that we, we put in and the parameters that we use. We aim to contact each of the customers um, at least twice in that week. Obviously, if they contact us back and we have the conversation, then we obviously don't need to, to speak to them again in that week. What's good for us as well is that if we are unable to actually speak to them at that point, we're able to send a text message or a voicemail, which not only sort of, as Paul mentioned, it's very supportive, but it's also around moving customers towards self-serve as well. So in our messages, it's, it's not heavy-handed. It's very much around, we're here to help you. Please contact us. But also, if you want to pay your rent, you can do it this way or you can go online. Um, and obviously, Citizen as a whole offers a lot of other services um, through its online portal. So it's an opportunity to, to re reduce uh, arrears, increase collection, but also move, as I say, to self-serve. We actually make around 1,400 phone calls each week. Uh, or sorry, you actually contact 1,400 customers in that week. So it's actually quite a high number. We have a rate at the moment of contact back to us of about 
24-25%, which in a way seems quite low, but it, if it's actually moving people towards self-serve, then actually we don't always, it's that quandary, we don't actually want them all to ring us back because we'd like people to be going online. As I say, we've had, since, since December 19, we've had nearly 20,000 proactive conversations with customers, and we know that we wouldn't have had that same impact if we had just been following that old process of sending letters out. So um, for us, it's been, it's been, it was really positive and it was, it was so positive that we, we, we thought to ourselves, okay, if there's something in this, where else can we use the technology? So um, we've added it in, uh, we, we had separate lines basically for different parts of the, the income process. So for example, again, Paula mentioned universal credit. Every time a customer makes a claim and we get the request to verify on the portal, DWP portal, we, um, we actually make a proactive call to them the, follow, the customer the following day. And again, as, as was mentioned earlier on, it's that supportive call, it's going through the claim, making sure we do everything so it, it gets processed quickly, but also agree the payment plan moving forward, um, pushing sort of payment sort of through direct debit where we can. Um, we've, sorry, sorry, Lewis. No, I was just gonna, I was gonna ask, um... You know, you've, you've implemented, the, you know, the VoiceScape technology that you mentioned there. Also, you know, implementing more self-service technology um, through online channels and, and so on. I was really interested to know, you know, as, as part of this, this push for earlier engagement, how has that, how has that impacted on the types of conversations that you're having with, with customers? Is, is, are the conversations... Um, do you have longer chats with people? Are you freeing up time to have those those longer, more in-depth conversations to really understand, you know, what what's what is it that's impacting onto your customers that, that maybe is stopping them from paying their rent one week to the next? Are, are you able to, you know, use that as a first point for signposting to some of the money advice services, that kind of thing? Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, in, in the phone call, um, especially as we're contacting people, very often, as I say, it's lower level debt. So it's still under control it's still something that we can work with the customer to, to book. sometimes it'll be a, a two-minute conversation around making a payment and that's done but very often it's it's about moving forward and as I say we're a big organization there's a lot of services that we offer and it's having that conversation to identify what that individual person's needs are mm. um, I was going to say that an average conversation is, is sort of six seven minutes long because there's quite a lot of of, I was going to say housekeeping, but agreements moving forward and checking benefit entitled to, to so many things that we can do in that one phone conversation that you don't get by sending a standard letter to someone. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that automation and, and that sort of some of the, the release of time, that, that's helping you to service other types of debt as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think, again, as someone said earlier, it's about the holistic view of the account and the services that we offer. And especially if you think of lockdown and the additional support and well-being that we can offer as well. So, yeah. We've, we've mentioned um, in previous conversations between us the, the work that you're doing with regards to, um, to former tenant arrears. Could you tell us a bit more about, you know, the use of technology and how, you, how you're using that to, to, to engage in 
in, in sort of the murky world of former tenant arrears. I, I was going to say it's everybody's favourite subject, isn't everyone's it? Everyone's favourite subject. Probably everyone yeah, leaving, yeah. everyone's leaving the podcast as we speak in their drones. <laughs> if they've got any sense and they're not turning back. <laughs> but there are some very sad people in this world that have a little bit of a, an obsession, a love for former tenant arrears because I, th- I think, I don't think I'm talking out of turn, but I think most organisations, it isn't high on the, the list of priorities. It, it's always around current arrears um, because that's the one that's always sort of front and centre, isn't it? But like, like most, I think we, 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 we've been tackling former tenant arrears, but it was it was almost like touch and following a certain process and then you end up getting to write off um so we we took us i'm trying to think it's probably about a year ago that we introduced voicecape again into um the cause um and but there's almost a few stages to it but one of one of the key things that we've done is again it's about proactivity but like all other organizations we'll always sort of contact during the notice period and we'll speak to customers and we'll make the agreement but that doesn't always um, work out as we would like it to so we actually contact all former tenants that have left with a debt within a week of their tenancy ending so the aim is to try and speak to them while it's still in their in their mind almost it's almost like do you know what we haven't forgotten that you owe us this money we're not going to just leave it you can't just use that money for the deposit for your new tenancy or or to buy new furniture. Actually, we we want to have this discussion. Again, it's it's not it, it's supportive. It's not it's not sort of a heavy-handed at all. But we make that initial initial contact, and what we've seen is actually quite a high success rate in people speaking to us. Um, probably far more than I actually expected when we we went live with it. And what we've been able to do now is, as I say, have have those conversations. But very often, say. Debt occurs in the, the last four weeks when someone gives notice and they think we don't have to pay. So very often we've, we've noticed that customers actually are able to clear the debt straight away. And at worst, we have an agreement with them to clear as quick as they can. What we did, we looked at um, HQN template for a self-assessment uh, and we identified that there were quite a few areas and good practice that actually we could have got quite quickly, which we did. And as I say, bringing Voicecape in for the early calls was great, but we've also used it to contact customers that have had a debt for five or six years. And again, the success rate on those calls has been really good. Um, we've, um, I'm not sure if we should start mentioning the numbers, but um, we've sort of collected sort of over 700 grand of former tenancy debt in the last year. So a lot of that is, as I say, again, is through use of voicecape, um, using email addresses. Who knew? Um, e- email addresses have, have, been, have been great for us because a lot of people don't change their email addresses very often. So um, we've really utilised that as well. So, um, yeah, it's been really positive for us. It's interesting. I've never really considered email addresses, but you're absolutely right. I've been trying to change my email address for ages and, and I can't bring myself to, to let go because I, I use it for everything. So yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a really, really insightful bit of knowledge there. I like that. So you've done a lot of work around um, housekeeping to service long-standing former tenant arrears debt. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Yeah, I think lots of organisations have um, arrears, former tenant arrears, and um, it's it's always lowered down the priority order um, compared to current arrears because customers, you know, in terms of priority of debt, their customer 
uh, their current rent rather is um, is always higher up the priority tree. And certainly if you speak to debt advisors, you know, that's what they would be advising too. So we're, we're being more proactive with our former tenant arrears across, across the board, really. We've had a great amount of housekeeping to do around that. But we see being proactive, not just to people when they've the debt has occurred, but to stop it from happening in the first place. So, for example, we're putting as much effort into contacting people as their tenancy comes to an end as we would a brand new tenancy in the first month. So a customer hands their notice in for their for their tenancy. Um, you know, we want to contact them in, in the last four weeks of that tenancy. We want to understand when they're going to make the last payment, make sure they understand how much it is. Um, so that we're, we're putting as much emphasis on not letting the debt occur in the first place. And then you don't have, have the work um, there to chase it. Now, we don't know how that's going to play out. We don't know if that's going to help us hugely over the next 12 months, but it's certainly one of our more re- most recent kind of introductions, really, for former tenant debt. You know, people have, it's costly, isn't it, moving home. Um, it's costly for everybody. So, you know, our emphasis really on is about having a conversation um, with those customers, understanding where they're at and what challenges they've got, you know, and that might include advice on how to change their circumstances with their benefit claim for a new property, you know. So there's there's a lot there's a lot involved in that, and it's it's just the the mantra across the board of being proactive, helping customers maintain tenancies, um, and minimising the risk of of that debt, you know, being um, occurring in the first place. Really, is is our big mantra with that. Great. So. I think, you know, we, we sort of mentioned the kind of the, the murky world of former tenant arrears. And I think generally people do, organisations tend to struggle with former tenant arrears. Um, I just wanted to get your impressions, Darren. Is what, what do you see as the, the underlying reasons for FTA debt becoming such a problem um, for organisations? Are there structural factors that, that prevent, you know, the, the prioritisation of that type of debt? What do you think it is? I think a lot of it is, I think, as I say, there's quite a lot of debt when, when we look at accounts where you've got someone who had a clear rent account for five, six years and there's, there's not been an issue. But as soon as someone um, has a new set of shiny keys to go and move to a new property is that somewhere someone is thinking, actually, I'm going to use that money that I would have paid for the new property and the direct debit's cancelled and then you end up with a lot of debt of sort of three, four, five hundred pounds that was never there before um so yeah i can i jump in there actually and add to what aaron's uh, darren's saying i think um it's priority of debt is the big thing so you know your priority of debt repayment you know there's a priority order that you know any you know debt advice person would would communicate to customer that they're working with um you know in current current arrears paying your current rent would be higher at the priority list than former tenant arrears, for example. So I think, uh, you know, as Darren said, it's it's costly moving, it's costly starting up a new property and all landlords would want their current debt paid first. And that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, it's um, we'll do the former tenant debt when, we, when we've got time to do that, rather seeing it as integral to the, you know, week to week workload, which is what we've tried to do with, with former tenant debt rather than something where you might pick it, you know, pick it up every few months. Actually, it's now, it's now part of our week, you know, day to day and week to week um, work profile, but it took, it took some focus to get it to that point. Um, But now, now we have, we want to hang on to that. Yeah. I I think when it comes to 
through enterprise, we, we know that resources are always stretched and there's always, there's almost always a reason that you would do something else before you get the formal tenancy debt because as I say, it's almost like our own hierarchy of debt internally. Mm. Whereas for us, it, it's been a real, a real key area for improvement. Um, Paul will tell you the amount of reporting that we do and monitoring of the actions that we do. Um, so we don't lose focus on it. As I say, we've, we've spent this time really getting, I think, to, to a good place. Now it's what we do next. So we're looking, hopefully, in the next few weeks of much more automation around the processes and again linking into the telephone calls or the emails but yeah it, it, it's a start we're by no means finished where we want to be um I think Paul would shoot me if I said that we were <laughs> we were we were a finished article because because we're not but where we've got to is something I think that we're, we're very proud of yeah right. I think I, I think I'd, I'd add to that and say that um we are really proud of what we've achieved over the last um you know the last 18 months particularly given it's been been a pandemic we took decisions to become more proactive with customers and have a more um kind of a support approach to people that you know kind of coincided with with lockdown really which heightened that even more so we're really proud of what we've achieved but there's still more there's still more for us to do really as as there is in every organization um but the the general principle of being proactive and helping somebody um to not get into a position where they've got debt for me, is is our kind of is our our ongoing drive really, and the benefit of providing the support at the earliest possible point, rather than waiting for something to go wrong and then having to pick the pieces up where the cases are more complicated and the you know the customer is in a more stressful situation and perhaps in a in a debt position that it might take them you know some months or years to get themselves out to. We don't want them to get into that position. Um, so yeah, it's as Darren says, we've got more to do, but we're really proud of what we've achieved over the last eighteen months. I mean, it really sounds fantastic because I think not only are you doing the right thing by citizen protecting the income revenue streams and you know and, and being able to collect some of that former tenant debt, which allows you to do so much more, you know, so much more work around these kinds of functions, but also you're protecting the you know your customers from from having to deal with the stress. And, you know, the anxiety that comes with, um, you know, being in rent arrears, nobody wants to be in rent arrears, everybody wants to have their rent paid up and, and feel comfortable and secure in their home. So I think it's, it's fantastic that you're able to take that really proactive approach to your tenants, to that engagement, help them, you know, get themselves into a better position and, and, and you know, and everybody benefits from that. So look, I think that's, that's all we've got time for on, on the podcast today. Um, all that I've got to do now is, is to say thank you to Paula and Darren for uh, for joining the podcast, for sharing with uh, us your insights and experience um, over the past few years. And uh, yes, hopefully we, we, maybe we'll have you back on and see how things have gone next year. All right. Thank you very, thank much, you very much, Lewis. Thank you. Thanks.